Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us once more today through the power of your word, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I'm wearing a Christmas present that was given to me by a close friend in England more than 11 years ago. Uh, These are my Homer Simpson socks. Um, I'm not going to show you because I might do irreparable damage to myself, but you can see them afterwards. And on these socks are written the words, Oh no, not socks again. (laughs) Buying just the right gift for someone is not easy. Indeed, oftentimes people feel great pressure to find the perfect present. And this can lead to hours spent in the shopping mall or spending more than you can afford for your relative, friend or whomever it is. All the more so if there's a strained relationship there. And so perhaps you spend more than you should on a present that is less than you want it to be. And then you give the gift on Christmas Day, hoping against all odds that somehow it might help a relationship that is at best rather strained. You give the gift, you watch it being opened and received with feigned delight, and your sense of failure is confirmed. Another all too often seen at Christmas is the flurry of activity as you clean the house, do the grocery shopping, make up extra beds, get short with the kids and forget you have a dog. (laughs) All so you can be the perfect host for your out-of-town guests. No, I'm not having a go at you, Brother Christopher. I'm glad you're here. Um, Christmas is then uh, spent in a whirlwind of cooking and entertaining, and eventually, when it's all over, you wonder why you never spent any time with your guests, and you collapse, exhausted, glad to go back to work for a rest. All right, one more while you're in the mood for these. One more Christmas vignette for you this morning. Maybe you are determined not to get caught up in the frenzy and the materialism, and instead you decide that your gifts are going to be in the form of vouchers that show you gave pigs, chickens, or some other good thing to those in need in honor of your family uh, member or friend. All good stuff, to be sure. Samuel Wells, the former dean of chapel at Duke University and currently vicar of St. Martin's in the Fields and visiting professor at King's College London, suggests that what each of these three scenarios that I've just presented have in common is one tiny word. They're based on the word for, F-O-R. We want to do something for a relative, so we search for that perfect gift. We want to do something for those we care about, so we offer them the very best hospitality hospitality that we can give. We want to help the poor and needy, so we do something for them. Or in the words of the love song by Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for you. Indeed, isn't that what Christmas is all about? I mean, it's a time to give, to do something for someone else. So we cook for, we buy presents for, we offer charity for, and it can be generous, selfless, noble, admirable. Except, suggests Wells, 
these things don't quite get to the heart of the matter. The not-so-perfect gift disappoints, and the gulf between you and your loved one remains. You wear yourself out being hospitable for others, but you never get a chance for that meaningful conversation you had longed for. You give charity to others, yet you remain a stranger to those you helped. For is a fine word, but it doesn't overcome the darkness the brokenness, the isolation that so many feel this season. Indeed, above all, for is not the right word to really sum up what Christmas is all about. For is not the primary way that God relates to us. God did not merely create the world for us as our playground to enjoy. No, for is not actually at the heart of God. Of course, we might wish it were. We might want God to fix everything for us, to give us exactly what we want, when we want, how we want. But at Christmas, we discover something else. There is another word that we encounter, and that word is with. And we saw it in our readings today. In the scriptures we hear, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We heard it in John's gospel. The word became flesh and lived among us, with us. So if you remember only one word from this homily this morning, it's the word with. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This, then, is the Word that lies at the heart of Christmas and our Christian faith. With. And this Word tells us so much about God and about ourselves. The wonder and mystery of Christmas is that the eternal Word became flesh, that God became a man, that God is with us. Of course, with is in many ways a rather more difficult word for us than for. You see, you can have for without the messiness of with. When you do with, then you have to spend time with that relative who's so difficult, or work with your friends and family in the kitchen, or spend time with those to whom you would rather just write a check. Then we allow God's light to shine in and through us in the darkness. But it gets messy and uncomfortable, and it involves listening and conversation and time and relationship and risk. The good news of which the angels sang is that God didn't settle for four. Rather, he came to be with. His very name means God with us. Now, of course, we shouldn't throw out four altogether. We still give gifts and we care for others and help others. Indeed, Jesus gave his very life for us. But let's not trade with for four. 
You see, oftentimes we encounter brokenness and we have to face the fact that there really is nothing we can do for our friend, our loved one. We cannot fix their problem, but maybe if they'll let you, you can be with them. So this Christmas, I challenge you, take time just to be with God and to be with another person. You know, if there was anyone who could have chosen for over with, surely it was God. After all, God knows what difficult people we can be, how selfish and ungrateful and needy we so often are. And yet, God in his mercy, God in his grace, and out of sheer love for us, chose not just to do for us, but rather to be with us. Christmas demonstrates the love and delight God has in all whom he has made, that he came to be with us. Now, it's possible, I realize, particularly knowing this crowd, that some of you may challenge me on this afterwards, and that's fine. I can take it. You might say, but surely, surely Jesus came to do for us that which we could never do for ourselves. He was born to be our Savior, to give his life for us on the cross. Yes, I agree. And yet, Jesus, our Emmanuel, so fully identified with us on the cross not just doing something for us, but he bore our guilt and our shame. He experienced, even ironically, the ultimate separation from God on the cross, where Jesus was all alone. He experienced isolation and the ultimate of being not with. As Jesus' cry from the cross makes clear, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you no longer with me? But because Jesus experienced that separation and abandonment, we never have to. We never need be without God. Jesus took on our sin, knew our pain, suffered more than we can ever imagine. He gave everything to be Emmanuel, to be with us. In the incarnation, Jesus, Emmanuel, gave up being with God the Father so that he could be with us. He he could be with God the Father or he could be with us. And he chose us. God the Father could let the Son be with us or keep him to himself. He chose to let Jesus be with us. So, you see, Christmas is about God choosing you, choosing to be with you. And today, Jesus still longs to be with you. As we sing in this season, O little town of Bethlehem, and in it we hear those words where meek souls will receive him. Still the dear Christ enters in. So, that's it. Which word? Will you embrace this Christmas? Will you choose to live a life driven by the word for? Or dare you risk embracing the word with? God wants to be with you.
and God wants us to be with one another. Invite him to be with you today. It's messy. It's a bit scary. But that's how the incarnation was. Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen.